it's that time of the week to listen to an audiobook. And this time, it's The Yearny. So, sit back, relax, and listen. Interlude Okay, Sam's just gone off to clean his twenty, so I have free reign over the typewriter. I hope you're still coping with Sam's story. I would like to say that he has a unique imagination, but at the moment what he's talking about isn't too different from a typical trip to the shops for us. Allow me to take this opportunity to apologize for his consistent misuse of my name. My name is not Ollie, it is Joel. I beg you to hear me, because everyone here just listens to Sam, and it's very upsetting. The journey hasn't taken us far out of Neatweed, so I'm expecting Sam to want to go down to the lake soon. That's his normal course of action when he's running out of ideas. He's convinced that there's a sea monster there, but there definitely isn't. I'm still not sure exactly how this is meant to help the Schlampitude Nation tourist board, but having a logical reason doesn't really enter Sam's mind, to be honest. I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you about the geography here, because it really is quite interesting. Or at least it would be if I had the chance to enjoy it. If nothing else, I hope that this story, fictional though it is, gives you an insight into what my life is as Sam's friend. Oh, I can hear him coming back now. I hope to catch up with you before the end of the book. Chapter 11 What happened? Night in the book. Why did that happen? And then what? Oh yes. So Sam turned to Ollie and said, Let's go. Ollie had a determined look on his face and nodded his agreement. Let's save Jiminy Glenn, he said. Where's Cousin Stupid gone? asked Sam Oitlide. Both of them looked at Ryan but couldn't see him. I think we should at least head off in the direction of that milk float, said Ollie, and Sam agreed. By the time they'd got around the slippy bits of the hillock, Gertie was out of sight, so they started to follow the tracks. Sam pulled out a sandwich. Sam, where did you get that from? asked Ollie. Me posh posh, said Sam. How long has that been there? A while, said Sam, mysteriously. Ollie sighed and looked down at his feet. Do ye want one? asked Sam. No, thank you. I'm hungry, but I'm not in the mood yet for a sandwich. There was silence. A what? asked Sam. A sandwich. No, didn't quite catch that. A sandwich, Sam. That's what you're eating. All oh, right. Yes, I can make up words toy. I'm glad I'm wearing my chakromo or I might get wet. Ollie looked depressed, then looked up and his expression brightened. They'd been walking for long enough now that the car park had faded into the distance and he could see a hot dog van by the side of the road. Sam, can I get myself a hot dog, please? he asked. I care not, said Sam, and a life expression on his face. Ollie walked up to the van. One hot dog, please, he asked. What? came back the shrieked reply. Oh, no, said Ollie, his eyes dropping even further. I recognise that voice, said Sam. Ollie started to mutter, Let's frown milk. Do you want some milk? she asked. Ollie said, I'm hungry. Do you have anything I can eat? Frown milk spun on the spot. We, she said, I've got a little glass of milk. Ollie paused, trying to keep his rage at bay. 
No, he said through gritted teeth. I want something to eat. I've got iced milk. Or milk on a stick. Or milk in a box. Or, or milk, milk. Then she paused, looking around to make sure no one was listening. Or, she whispered, I have milk, milk, milk. She started to tap her nose with her finger. Ollie looked up. She was still tapping. Okay, he said. I'll try milk on a stick, please. Frau Milk turned around and poured a glass of milk. Then she got a little stick and put it on the counter. It still had a leaf on it. She put the milk on the stick, but it didn't balance, so I tipped over and spilt all over Ollie. He started to sob. Sam decided now was a sensible time to get involved. Did you see a milk flight coming past? he asked. She looked angrily at him. We, oui, she said, but ich do not wish to talk about it. Ollie looked up and through tears snapped at her. Can you at least tell us which way he went? Well, we, oui, she said, and she pointed down a track just off the ride. Thank you, said Ollie, and grabbing Sam, they set off down the track. Chapter 12 I know what's down here, said Sam, a smile on his face. I haven't been to Nairbrook in a long time. Nairbrook? asked Ollie. I've never heard of that before. Nay, the beings that dwell there are nay seen elsewhere in Schlumpetude or Nation, and have nay been for a generation, and said, Sam? asked Ollie. Oui? How long do you consider a generation to be? Oh, shut it with your questions. Look, here we are. Behold, the Peedle Weedles of Nairbrook. Sam extended his hand and used his palm to indicate the town of Nairbrook. It was definitely smaller than Ollie was expecting, and the Peedle Weedles were definitely larger than he was expecting. But what he didn't expect more than any of that was the colour of the triangles that they all wore. What are those things they're wearing? asked Ollie. Triangles? said Sam. Ollie stopped for a moment. But they're not even the shape of a triangle, he said. No, but in their language that's what they're called. Respect them, Ollie. Do not judge a peedle-weedle until you've walked a mile in his ring-ride. I think I should stay quiet, said Ollie, and Sam nodded. That would probably be sensible. They walked into the town as much as they could, and Sam greeted the peedle-weedles of Nairbrook. Greetings, peedle-weedles of Nairbrook. Ich bin Sam, and this is Ollie. Ollie opened his mouth to speak, then thought better of it. We are searching for a friend and an important member of our community, a leader amongst us who has been cruelly kidnapped by a news agent. The Peedle Weedles of Nairbrook looked at each other and then back to Sam with empathy on their faces. They quickly wiped it off before bowing. The leader of the Peedle Weedles of Nairbrook made obvious because of the particular shade of shoggle used in the trim on his triangle, stepped forward. And who might you be? He bellowed in a voice that sounded like plastic. Thick, light blue plastic. Sam and Ollie looked at each other in appreciation of the correct grammar. Sam opened his mouth to speak. Sam and Ollie, residents of Neatweed and willing subjects of Jiminy Glynn. Residents, because we are, and willing, because we must be. Sam offered a bite of his sandwich, and the leader of the Peedle Weedles of Nairbrook declined. The leader then turned to the rest of his clan with a smile on his face, and they all applauded. In recognition of this gesture, the leader started, we will teach you to dance. Up, oh, Panty, said Sam. 
The Beetle Weedles of Neobrook set to work, teaching Sam and Ollie how to dance. One step forward, one step back, one to either side. Naturally, easier for the Beetle Weedles of Neobrook than for Sam and Ollie, it took a while for them to get settled, but after a while they got the gift. Sam and Ollie's arms were outstretched, their feet stamping on the floor, heads beating against each other's chests. After some time, Sam turned to Ollie, a concerned expression on his face. This is fun, he said, and Ollie agreed, but Jiminy Glynn needs rescuing. Ollie nodded, and the two bowed gracefully to the Peedle Weedles of Neobrook. We must go, said Sam. The Peedle Weedles of Neobrook gave them a gift, and wished them a fortunate journey. Sam and Ollie set off, and could hear the sound of dancing for at least twenty after they'd left the camp. Chapter 13 Sam and Ollie hadn't been walking long before Ollie spotted something. Hey, look, he said, in that nasal tone he talks in when he thinks he's being clever. I say what I want. Sam walked over and looked. Yes, very clear milk-like tracks, right in the middle of the track. We're heading in the right direction, Anson, said Sam. Indeed, answered Ollie. They followed the tracks for a while, before seeing that the milk flight was ahead, parked at the side of the track. Footprints led away and into a little hut with a thatched rife. Smoke crept out of the chimney. That thing that smoke creeps out of, swept by chimney sweeps. Ye call it chimney, I call it chimney. Same thing. Shut it. Let's go in, said Ollie. They walked up to the front door and listened carefully. A slow creaking sound crept out through the door. Sam rang the doorbell. Dip! What are you doing? demanded Ollie. A ring in the bell. Maybe someone's home. Yes, but Gertie will know we're out here. Before Sam could answer, the door opened and a lovely little old man answered the door. He was wearing a waistcoat. Come in, he said. I was just about to make some tea. Ollie couldn't help his tummy rumbling, so they walked across the threshold. Please, sit down, he said and indicated to some comfy chairs around a fireplace. Gertie was nowhere to be seen. Sam sat down, but Ollie wanted answers. And a piece of cake. Did a milk float visit you earlier today? What? Oh yes, he often comes here. He likes to have a cup of tea with me. Would you like some cake? Ollie couldn't help himself, but grabbed a slice of fruit cake and sat down heavily in an armchair. Sam was sitting on the sofa, trying to fit a butterfly cake into his mouth all at once. Tea? the old man asked. Yes, please, both Sam and Ollie replied. Ollie looked up from his cake. So, Gertie often comes here? Oh my, yes. He enjoys my cakes and he eats it. He eats it all up and he has some tea. Would you like some? Ollie looked a bit confused. I think we just said yes, he said. Oh, yes, I remember, said the man. Ollie waited a while before asking his next question. Where's Gertie now? He ran out the back door, but that was a good half an hour ago. He said he was going to... Oh, where was it now? Ah, yes, tea. The man turned to the kettle and switched it on. Yes, said Ollie. Where did he say he was going? Oh, sorry. The mountain of McGlointin. Not too far from here. I know it well, said Sam, ominously. We can afford the time for a cup of tea. Chapter 14 the lovely little old man was standing at the counter while Sam and Ollie sat around eating cake and waiting for their tea. Do you need any help? asked Ollie. No, Pantier, came the reply. I've already mixed the sugar into the milk and poured that into your cups. 
Now to add the hot water. And now I just need to find me tea bags. Sam and Ollie looked at each other in horror. Sometimes they do nay see eye to eye, but a badly made cup of tea is something that no one can disagree over. I think it's time for us to go, said Sam. Indeed it is, said Ollie in disgust. How dare you! They marched out the back door and slammed it behind them. Chapter 15 Sam and Ollie marched through the old man's back garden and through his gates and... They muttered to themselves, so angry were they that the tea hadn't been made nicely. At least we got cake, Ollie said to himself. Huh, said Sam. It was just tea time as well. Just for that I'm having some. He lifted his hand to his mouth and took a gulp of tea, then licked the cup to make sure the drips didn't fall down. Ollie looked up bewildered. Where did that cup of tea come from? he demanded. What, this? Oh, I don't know, Ollie. Don't ask complicated questions. They looked ahead over the field and saw a large forest. I've never been this way before, said Ollie. Why doesn't Schlombertude Nation have maps? Nation does, said Sam, but Schlombertude does nay. And this is historic Schlombertude. True Schlombertude, if you ask me. Sam looked into the distance, coolly. Do you know where we are? Ollie asked. I think so. That's the Crine Line Woodland, known locally as the Wetwood or Blue Wood because of the colour. Ollie looked carefully at the forest. It was definitely green. And beyond it, continued Sam, is the mountain of McGlointin. Sam pointed at it. It's not really a mountain, is it? observed Ollie. Well, it rhymes with McGlointin. When he was alive, he always wanted a mountain, so they gave him that one as a present. He was blind, so he didn't know any different. Ollie nodded, understanding. He had once been told that he would receive a dolly as a birthday present, which later turned out to be a square of toilet roll. I'm assuming we have to go through the crime line woodland, asked Dolly. Tis the fastest way, said Sam, and many foul creatures dwell around the wood, but ne'er air in it. He paused for effect. Okay, then, so it's faster and safer, said Ollie. Sam paused to consider. Yes, I think so, he said. They walked across the field and entered the crime line woodland. It was lighter than expected, and although there wasn't a path, it was easy enough to see what direction the mountain was in. Yeah, I know I said it wasn't, but I'm keeping it like that. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Sam and Ollie were looking over at the mountain, and both stood on a particularly large leaf, which caved in beneath them, and they both fell into a pit. They heard a growl and turned around. A pack of nasty wolves began to circle them. Ollie, I'm scared. I do not like nasty wolves. Oh, yes, they're not that nasty, though. They're actually quite fluffy. Son. Fluffy son. They're fluffy son wolves, which aren't actually wolves. They're a different animal altogether. Still sort of scary, but not nasty. Sam and Ollie looked at each other, trembling. Join in next time for another exciting instalment of The Yearney. Bye.